We would turn to Philippians. I know we just got through studying that for the last few weeks. But we're going to read chapter 3. We're not going to read the whole thing, but we're going to look at some excerpts from it. We're going to begin in the first, first verse there. It says, And finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord to write the same things to you. To me, indeed, is not grievous, but is for you it is safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision, for we are the cons- cons- circumcision which worship God in the truth and, in rejo- and rejoice in, the, in Jesus Christ and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. Circumcise the eighth day of the stock of Israel. He goes on talking about those things that was his privilege to know in Hebrew faith and his lineage and all that. But he says, Doubtless I count all things, in verse 8, count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ <clears throat> Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of law, <clears throat> but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is <clears throat> of, the, of God by faith, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after that, that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark <clears throat> for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Okay. And that's uh, kind of the gist of what we're talking about that Paul, are going to be talking about <clears throat> that Paul looked to Jesus and Jesus was his example. And that's kind of the title of our lesson and it Maybe two or three parts, so we may not get through with it today. But nonetheless, the the Lord has set us an example when He came to Earth, and that uh, even as Glenn was talking about how the things were created by Him and for Him, we too were created by Him and for Him. And <clears throat> Jesus, or, or John said in John chapter thirteen fifteen says, "For I have given you an example." that you should do as I have done unto you. We know that this is, this verse found there is talking about when Jesus washed the feet of disciples and he gave a picture of service and of cleansing things of the world from ourselves and that means of, of guarding one another from uh, degrading effects of the worldness that we're exposed to on a daily basis. And Jesus set himself as that example to us it by, it, and by that, we're to do as he's done to be an example to others. We're not talking about washing physical feet, but we're talking about washing the, the feet of the saints and the things of the world. And we do that teaching, preaching. We do it in the means how we set examples for others, how we communicate with one another, how we care for one another. And those things that are needful that we're strengthened 
in the Lord Jesus Christ to be able to do, to follow that example that he set in John chapter 13 and 15 and many other places. Paul, uh, in regards to that setting example, is in Colossians chapter 3, 12. Put on therefore the, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, <clears throat> so also do ye. That's a tough thing. Exactly. It's difficult for us. <clears throat> almost impossible for natural people. They say that they do, but not as Christ forgave us. And it says, And above these things put on charity or love, which is the bond of perfectness. And let <clears throat> let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to, the, to which also you're called in one body, and be you thankful. Well, if, we're, if God rules in our heart, then we are thankful. If He... We just say that he does. Sometimes we're not as thankful as we ought to be. We, we disregard many of his blessings. And he goes on to say in 16, Let the word of Christ dwell richly in, your, in, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, <clears throat> singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. So much of our worship to God is right in, in our heart, our inner man. Not that old mechanical thing beating in our chest, but that, that inner man that the Lord enters into with his spirit. And, and he says in 17, Whatsoever things ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. So if we are word and deed, and he says in all things in the Lord, name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So it leaves nothing out. Our thoughts our activities, uh, the desires of our heart, whether acted on or not. All these things ought to be pointed to Jesus Christ and not to that old man, that old person that's a worldly person that uh, dwells on fishing or hunting or who's going up and down the street out there, whatever it might be. And the other examples, we could plug in just about anything we want. In John chapter 13, verse beginning verse 7, it says, And Jesus answered and said unto him, what I do, thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. And Peter is like us. Sometimes we misunderstand. Peter saith to him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part in me. Well, he misunderstood. He didn't know exactly what he's talking about. And I guess he thought it was like washing a vessel or something in the, the Jewish faith. But Peter said, Simon Peter saith to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands, my head, hands and my head. And Jesus saying to him, He that is washed needeth not save, but to what not needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit, and ye are clean, but not all. Of course he's talking about uh <clears throat> his betrayer right there, but <clears throat> also he's talking to Peter because he's talking about being washed in the Word, washed in the, the cleansing the cleansing of the inner man that he was doing just a, a picture of, washing away the things of the world. And <clears throat> goes on to say he knew who his betrayer was, but he said in verse 12, so after he had washed their feet, 
and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, Know you what I have done unto you? So he asked a question. Do we know really what he's done to us? Do we take that into consideration in the way that we live, the way that we walk, the way that we relate to each other? Because I know sometimes somebody might just rub us a little wrong by what they say. And we take that like it's a mountain instead of a molehill or like it's nothing really, just a passing word. But sometimes it's hard to do. And maybe just a phrase or something. But he says, uh, verse 13, You call me Master and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. If then... If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, so ye ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should should do as I have done unto you. And when we think about what we read over in Colossians, what did we say over there? Verses 16 and 17, And let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do, do it in word and deed. And those things to the glory of God. And so when we do that, we think about how Christ set that example. As we read over in Philippians, we see that there's many scriptures that teach us how that uh, we're to follow that example of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we ought to look into the Word and see just exactly what He did, how He did it. And and we know that as the apostles also, that we don't understand everything that He did. We don't understand, even these men that wrote in the Scriptures, I don't believe, understood all that they wrote down or understand all the things that was going on then. And the way that the the Lord provides for our desire to strive to know and understand, and the things that we uh, are maybe dissatisfied with and what we read, not because we disagree with it, but because we just don't plain understand it, and we don't know how to apply it. <clears throat> but we see a lot of places, in, in, especially in Paul's writing, where there's practical application of those things in our life. <clears throat> in Paul, in Philippians chapter 3, and verse 12, as we read, he says, Not as though I had already attained, neither already perfect, but I follow after that, that I may apprehend that for which I am also apprehended of Christ. And we, <clears throat> in times past, we looked at that that verse and that apprehended that it's like to chase a thief. But that's not what Christ did. He didn't chase us. He called us, and He worked in our heart to give us a desire to come to Him. And as so as He did that, Paul goes on to say in verse 17 of of, uh, Philippians chapter uh, 3, Brethren, be followers to me, and mark them which walk so as you have us for an example. Those examples that we have are those men that have stood before us, not just here, but in other places we've heard men preach, as Brother Kelly, Brother Doyle Thomas, Brother Chester Skidmore, Ted, others that we've heard, those are our examples pointing us to this following after the Lord Jesus Christ. In Philippians chapter 3, 2, it says, For our conversations in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, 
the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things to himself. So we have something to look forward to, an encouragement. <clears throat> and it's not in our nature to accept things, especially things like chastisement and things from the Lord, especially not from other people. But uh, we know that we, by our nature at least, are somewhat prideful, haughty, high-headed, many other words we could use to describe it, but <clears throat> our opinions and our ideas and our efforts seem to always be better than someone else's. But that wasn't the, the nature that Jesus Christ set forth. He set forth the truth, but he wasn't high-headed. He wasn't haughty. He wasn't uh, overbearing to anybody. He talked gently. And so that's the example that we look at. He, he taught humility, and we know that he, as, a, as he took on the, the, the uh, <clears throat> form of a man, Brother Glenn brought out, that that was by the design <clears throat> of the triune God, Amen. that he came in the shape of a man, with the feelings of a man, and all the things except sin that's in man. And First Peter chapter two and nine it says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people that ye should show forth the praise of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's exactly what Lord Jesus Christ did when he came and worked in the heart of those that believe. And he gives us that desire and that really uh, marching orders to go out and tell others about the same thing that we might teach them the things of the Lord Jesus Christ and that he might work in their heart he said talking about us and others that uh, these scriptures talked to said which in times past were not a people but now are a people of God which had had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy that in itself it should bring, <clears throat> talking about what we think about, that that in itself should bring a bit of humility to us, knowing that Almighty God <clears throat> created and worked His plan according to His timing to reveal the Lord Jesus Christ to me and to yeah. you. If you know the Lord Jesus Christ, to know that He had such a great mercy that He uh, deemed it, it possible and had a love that he bestowed it upon us that we might be saved from the wrath of God to come. He goes on to say, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims abstain from fleshly lusts which war against your, the soul, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, so he was talking to Jews here, that <clears throat> whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works which you, they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. We know that Jesus set these works before men. He talks about even in one place, if you don't believe me, believe believe the works. And about the Lord Jesus Christ, about the the Messiah that came, about the uh, all the things that he taught about men and, and their condition before God and that uh, great love that he set forth in Jesus Christ. And he gave submission to authority in his examples. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and 13, it says, 
Peter says, Submitting yourself to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme or unto governors as unto them that are sent of him for punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that, that, that do well. So we know that as uh, God has enlightened Peter and, and others and given him the things to write, he didn't just come out and say, well, we need to be uh, submissive for no reason. He did it because that's the example that the Lord Jesus Christ did. He fulfilled the law of God, but he also was under the uh, the law of, of the Romans at the time. And, in fact, we know that they're the ones that uh, put him to death. They weren't the ones that killed him because he gave up his soul. But <clears throat> we know that, or his spirit, rather, but we know that God and the Lord Jesus Christ, through teaching these men, taught us. For doing these things, it says, For so is the will of God, that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Over in Romans it talked about the, the ignorance of men, how they didn't recognize God even though it was shown to them by nature and other things. And so it says, as free, not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. So we know that as he uh, provided us our liberty through our salvation, that we can live and be thankful to him, not be under the fear of death or not be under the fear of man or of anything, because he says, don't fear what man could do to you. But we're to honor all men, as it says in 2.17, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the king. So that's a submission to, to all authority that we have that's all established by God. In 18, it says, servants, be subject to your masters, employers, or whatever it might be, with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the forward. That's a tough thing, too. We, it's difficult for us to submit to other people, especially they're not doing us right or the things that maybe they just rub us wrong or we just got a bad opinion of them. But that, nonetheless, he says, submit to them. He says, for this is thankworthy if a man can, with for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. For what glory is it if when you buffeted for your faults, you take it patiently, but if when we... When you do well, you suffer for it. You take it patiently. This is acceptable with God. So we're not to be in, in uh, to fight back, so to speak. Uh, I don't think that means somebody's supposed to come up, slap us down, and we're supposed to take that. But I believe that as people do us wrong, that sometimes it's to God's glory for us to just take it and let it go, like a duck rolls <clears throat> water off its back. Because it really has no meaning. It's nothing that uh, should have any effect on us, but it'll have the way we handle it will have an effect on them. It says, For even hereunto ye are called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. And we know that in other places he's, we see those examples, and I think we see a few of those. <clears throat> First Peter two twenty two it says who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. There wasn't bitterness found in his mouth, but there was blessings found in his mouth. There was correction found in his mouth. There were things that, <clears throat> that he did in mercy and in love. 
and showing forth the grace of God to men. And it says it in 23, who when he was reviled, he reviled not again. When he suffered, uh, <clears throat> he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. That's to the Father. And <clears throat> it says, who in his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. Well, what did he do on the tree? When he was hanging there on the tree, those men that were doing all the, the mischief to him and the, the, the crucifixion, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Yeah. <clears throat> so he prayed on their behalf. And <clears throat> we know that <clears throat> when Peter wrote these things, what, who taught him those truths? It was the Lord Jesus Christ. He taught submission to authority of the Father and observing the law fully and observing the customs of the temp of the taxes and things of the day, uh, that no offense might be had on his part. Or and I understand that this when he talks about the the uh, paying of tax and or the tribute in Matthew chapter seventeen and twenty four, that from what I read that that's supposed to be a voluntary tax. But in that section it says, and when they were come to Capernaum, they received. Uh, they that received tribute money came to Peter and said, Does not your master pay tribute? And he saith, Yes. And when he had come into the house, Jesus prevent, uh, prevented him, saying, What thinkest thou, Simon? What do you think about this thing? <clears throat> of whom do kings of the earth take custom or tribute of their own children or of strangers? So Peter, he was supposed to think on this thing. We don't know how long it took him to make this answer. But Peter saith to him, Strangers, Jesus saith to him, Then are the children free. The children were free from these, these burdens and things of the law. And, but he said, Nonetheless, or notwithstanding, lest we should offend them, go thou to the sea and cast in a hook and take up the first fish that cometh up and when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money. Take that and give it to them for me and for thee. Yeah. That was for, to prevent offense to these people. He didn't want to offend people, but he wanted to teach them. But we know because of what he said and what he taught, some were offended. The Pharisees, Sadducees, uh, uh, some of the scribes, and, and some, but some were touched. <clears throat> and some came to him, even some by night. <clears throat> in other places that we see that the, some of the hierarchy came and were uh, drawn to the Lord Jesus Christ because the Lord revealed truth to them of who He was and what He was there. And <clears throat> on in Matthew chapter f uh, 5, verse 44, it says, But I say unto you, love your enemies and bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you and pray for them that despitefully, despitefully use you and persecute you. That's a, we say that in example of the Lord Jesus Christ and the crucifixion and those things leading up to that, the, the illegal uh, trials that he uh, suffered from and those things which uh, were told on him as he was ridiculed, as he was lied upon and that all the things that took place <clears throat> contrary to who he really was, the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. <clears throat> and none understood. But he says, <clears throat> You do these things, that you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. 
For he maketh the sun to rise on the evil and on the good. He sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love them which love you, and what reward have you? So if we just love on the people here, the people we have in our family, but we despise those on the outside, how have we represented the Lord Jesus Christ? Yeah. <clears throat> and he gave the example, those that were detested. They're not the publicans even the same. And he says, then he says, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which in heaven is perfect. We know that here we don't reach sinless perfection. We know that even in what we do here today, we're not going to be perfect. But we're perfect in the Lord Jesus Christ before God. And that those mistakes, the things that we do unintentionally, the God, God will take care of those things. He will straighten us out. He will give us forgiveness and show us the correction of those things. And so when we think about the example that the Lord Jesus taught us, or is teaching us, we might say, through His Word, through His men, that He gave an example when the disciples desired to know how to pray. Because probably what that prayer was contrary to some of the things that they prayed uh, in the Old Testament and things, how that they went about their prayers and things like that, because else, else they would have known how. Because these men were, were Jews. But <clears throat> we know that in 6 and 5 of Matthew, it's commonly called the Lord's Prayer. We know it's an exemplary prayer. How He taught men to pray. And so He not only gives how we ought to pray, but in that same place, He tells us how not to pray. In fact, 6 5, He says... <clears throat> When thou prayest, thou shalt not be as hypocrites are, for they love to pray handling, uh, standing in synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. They were doing it for show. We do it, as the Lord says, in another place we're taught to go into our closet, to pray in private, to pray. <clears throat> we pray here openly and in public when we bless a meal in the in the uh, restaurant or something, we don't try to hide that. But those things that are personal to us, we pray a lot of times in silence. We pray in, in our bed or we pray when we're driving or whatever we're doing. And that's kind of the thought behind it. But he says in Matthew 6, 5, And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as a hypocrite, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corner of the streets, that they may be seen of men. That's not the reason we do it. They verily, verily, verily I say unto you, they have the reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, or in our private place, or wherever it might be. And when thou shut the door, pray to the Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth, and seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. And we see that a lot of times. We pray for healing for somebody, or we pray for... Uh, whatever the needs are for others and for ourselves, and we see those prayers answered. And he goes on to say, But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Today we can relate that to some of these mantras that we hear in churches or in, even in some of these gatherings outside that people repeat the same thing over and over and over. And I was at one of those meetings one time, and it drove me nuts. Because, you know, they never did say anything. 
uh, what they were saying most of the time you couldn't understand it anyway and you know but it was it was kind of disturbing to me that that's the way that they worshiped that it wasn't really i don't think worshiping god in that but it says and be be you not therefore like unto them for your father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him we know that and he tells us that but we know that we're to pray and to ask these things. So how are we to pray? We know that Jesus didn't say to use these words to pray, but he said to pray in like manner. Well, that same acknowledging that proper perception of our Heavenly Father and it's and His personality we see as His uh, as the uh, the <clears throat> Creator as our Father that we might go to Him and He set apart above all else we're agreeable and content with all his will both now and later as we've read romans eight twenty eight many times that all things work to be good for those that love the lord <clears throat> and call to according to his purpose and we know that we're to desire our needs but we're not supposed to be con- consumed with them right. with worry about where we're going to have something to eat or what we need in verse 6 of 6 and 8 it says be you that like them for your father knoweth the things that you have need of before you ask him and that we if we understand that as he said pray after this manner our father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name holy is thy name or set apart from all else thy kingdom come we desire that that kingdom would come even then, and said, Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. We pray that all the time. We pray for our leaders, but we desire God's will be done in their hearts and their, their guidance for them. And he says, Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. We know it's fully done in heaven. So that's what we desire here. And he said, give us this day our daily bread. I don't think that daily bread is just the eats that we have, but it's the needs that we have daily, whatever they might be. And forgive us our debts. Excuse me. As we forgive our debtors. Do we all do that? Those that wrong us. Those that have wronged us in the past. I hope to... Do a little lesson, be more of a testimony about that later. <clears throat> and he says <clears throat> in verse chapter eleven of Mark twenty five, he says, And when you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any, that your father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your father forgive which is in heaven, forgive you your trespasses. That right there is an eye-opening statement because if we take heed to that, we're going to be a lot different people. We're going to be able to talk, go to people, and ask their forgiveness and forgive whatever they've done and to uh, bring out the things that the Lord puts in our heart toward them. He says in verse 17, 3 of Luke, says, 
take heed to yourself if a brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. No limit. But he says, and if he trespass against thee seven times in a day and seven times turn again and say unto thee, I repent, I shall forgive him. And what did the apostle say in verse 517? The apostle said unto the Lord, increase our faith. Because it's only by faith in God that we can do that. That's totally against our nature. We have no ability as human beings. I say no, some might have, but I never did. To be able to forgive people that are wronged us. Some that uh, I held contempt for for many, many years. I mean, I'm talking about the 50 years. <clears throat> Lord's blessed in that now. <clears throat> I don't know if my voice is going to finish or not, but it's in Matthew chapter 6 and 13. He said, Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. We know that the Bible says in other places that God doesn't tempt men with evil. And so he, he made tempt or tries in other places in different times but he'll deliver us from the evil and that's what our desire is that he would deliver us from the evil effects the contempt all the things that we face in our daily life and not as much as the lord jesus did but we might someday we might know that uh that we are going to uh, possibly be oppressed sometime looking more like that in our government all the time. Uh, we know the Lord's got all that in hand, but he, he said to the, the apostles in the garden in Matthew, Mark 14, 38, said, Watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. The spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. Our, our flesh is weak, and that we're unable to stand upon our own. We're unable to uh, do the things that we would desire sometimes, as Paul wrote about in the 7th chapter of Romans, that he did what he didn't want to do and didn't do what he wanted to do and all those things that when you read it, it's almost a tongue twister. But nonetheless, he acknowledged the fact that he was weak in his ability. And though he says in Philippians 4.13, I can do <clears throat> all things through Christ which strengthened me. <clears throat> He still acknowledged his weakness in the flesh, but his strength in the Lord. And that's the only way that we can do what he says in Matthew chapter 6 and 14. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. And But he gives that alternative. If we don't, then he doesn't forgive us either. That doesn't mean our past, but those things we do now. And maybe those things that have we continually to do, as I said, where I had animosity for somebody for over 50 years, that that was a continual thing. It wasn't something I did and it was done. It was something that was continual for all that period of time. And so the Lord <clears throat> works those things when you have that forgiveness where you can go to them or not. It still is something that, that works in us toward these scriptures that we're reading now. And he said, 
in Luke, when he was planning on going or it, it was in his desire to go to different cities, he appointed other laborers. He said, after they, Luke 10, 1, after these things the Lord appointed other 70 also and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place where he himself would come. Therefore, <clears throat> he said unto them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray therefore the Lord of harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. And we know that that's what we're supposed to do. We desire that the Lord would raise up men proclaim his word that the word would go forth and that uh, into the world and that we might be burdened for that labor as well that we might be used of the lord maybe possibly right here uh, glenn and i went up through here and dropped some some of the door hangers one day and we planned to go other places and different things hampered us but doesn't mean that we're not supposed to continue doing those things and Others as well on a daily basis. When we go to the doctor's office, we go buy gas or wherever, the Lord tells us to proclaim His Word. And we know that we may have troubles when we do it. Uh, in Luke chapter 21 and 30, 31, the Lord foretold of Peter's denial. And He said in that chapter, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. Now, how do they do that? If you're familiar with how it was done years ago, they'd take that wheat, they'd beat it out of the shuck, and then they'd take something and throw it up in the air and let the wind blow this, this shaft away. That They might just have the, the, the grains there. But as the devil decided to use that as an example of how we might be thrown up or we might be abused or whatever it might be, but as uh, he prayed for Simon Peter in verse 32, he said, But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. <clears throat> and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brother. Brethren. So we know that he's prayed for us too. And we pray for one another that we not, uh, not fail. That we go forward in what he's told us to do. And we desire that we don't go backwards at any time. And he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee both to prison and to death. That's a pretty bold statement. We know he was overzealous. That he, he was uh, maybe showing a little pride or a little uh, boasterous about his ability. And he said, I tell thee, Peter, Peter, the clock shall not crow this day before thou shalt, shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. And so we know when the Lord prayed for him, that didn't take away his human nature. That didn't take away that inclination for self-survival. And that's really what he was doing in that time when he denied the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is the way sometimes we revert back to that old nature on a, in a moment's notice. If something happens, we react to excuse me, something that... Uh, Maybe we would have reacted that way before the Lord saved us. And it, it ought to strike us in an instant, instant, like it did Peter and when the cock crew, that that was what he had done. And how that he had denied the Lord Jesus Christ, and it says that he wept bitterly. And we know that that was a heartbreaking experience for him. 
But Jesus prayed for Peter as a brother and a friend, just as he does for us, because he said we're his friend and we're his brothers. But we know that the Lord, as he also knew Peter's heart much better than Peter did, knew that Peter was sincere in that statement that he made, but he was overconfident in his own strength and his own faith. And knowing that that faith is a gift of God and the strength of faith comes from the experience both by grace of the Almighty and the things that we experience and that hope that we have. And James says that we we should joy in tribulation and trials. That we ought to, uh, we don't think so when they're coming about. But the, the, the benefit that comes from them as it strengthens us and it gives us an ability to uh, go further and to learn from that, just as Peter learned in the same manner as as the Lord through the same depth of experience that that experience taught him. It wasn't of the great depth that the Lord did. It says that he was uh, learned through the the, uh, suffering. Uh, And I'm sure that many of these disciples, apostles, all through the Uh, the Old Testament did the same thing. And in the New Testament, we see it coming even more vividly where they were persecuted, scattered for all those things. But the Lord had a purpose in all that, just as He does the things we're experiencing, the things that we are, that we go through even right now, that we uh, will see at some point in time if we really put it before the Lord, what that purpose is. And in that statement, they said concerning Peter, that he gave encouragement also with a command, strengthen thy brethren. So we can see the results of Peter, uh, and the prayers for Peter, and his Peter's response in different places. But we read over in, in First, Second Peter there, that, that knowledge that he gained and the maturity that he gained through all these things, don't know how long that time was. I'm not familiar with the number of years, but that's irrelevant. That he, he he gained a great experience and knowledge that he could share that with us and give us that encouragement that we need to follow the example of the Lord Jesus Christ.